Amen. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. I trust each week you're excited to gather to the house of the Lord, to come into His presence, to join with the people of God, to lift up our Lord and Savior. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. We need the Holy Ghost. The people of God need the Holy Ghost. The New Testament church was never meant to live without the power of the Holy Ghost. The New Testament church was never meant to function without the power of the Holy Ghost. The King James Version reads, Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. As we've already read today, it's so evident in the Scriptures, Jesus knew that His church needed power. Jesus knew that his church needed a special touch from heaven. It needed what only an upper room could usher in. I'd like to say to the church today that the need has never ceased. Though some have suppressed it, some have replaced it, some have reasoned it away, some have forgotten, some Ignore it. The church of Jesus Christ still needs what Jesus told it to wait for. What Jesus told it to tarry for. What Jesus told it to cry out for. The need hasn't changed. We need the power, the empowering of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. 
And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You were never meant to live as a New Testament believer without the power of the Holy Ghost, without the empowering of the Holy Ghost. What do we see in Acts chapter 2? What we see is a visitation, an outpouring of heaven, a rushing in and a resting upon that was both personal and corporate. What do we see in Acts chapter 2? We see a group of believers affected by the power of the Holy Ghost. Every person acquainted with wind and fire. Not one left out. Not one untouched. Not one empty. Not one powerless. The voice reads, picture yourself among the disciples. A sound roars from the sky without warning. The roar of a violent wind in the whole house where you are gathered reverberates with the sound. Then a flame appears dividing into smaller flames and spreading from one person to the next. All the people present are filled with the Holy Spirit and begin speaking in languages they've never spoken as the Spirit empowers them. The Passion Translation reads, On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all that anyone could bear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit. Now before we go any further, whatever our persuasion today, whatever our belief, can we agree this morning to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of it all, and see how he authored a new chapter for his church in an old upper room? It was Jesus that said, not only said, he commanded. It was Jesus that commanded, do not depart. Wait for the promise. Tarry. Wait for the promise of the Father. He said, you shall receive power. Have you ever seen a child, being a child, spoken with a child, that is eagerly awaiting the fulfillment of a father's promise. It's all they think about. It's all they talk about. Today I want to remind us of our birthplace, the birthplace of the New Testament church. 
I want to remind us of a visitation that changes everything. Still changes everything. I want to remind us of the place of power. I want to remind us of our source of power. Today I trust that by the Spirit we will be reminded of the touch of heaven that our Lord and Savior knew we so desperately needed. The need has not changed, though some have replaced it, misplaced it. Some ignore it, hardly preached on. But it was Jesus that commanded, do not depart, wait. Tarry for the promise, the promise of the Father, you shall receive power. You see, Jesus knew that the promise of the Father would make a difference. Things would change. He knew that his church needed power. Power that is beyond human power, human strength. The believers obviously believed the promise of the Father would make a difference. You say, how so? Well, their obedience, their waiting, their action proved it, their surrender, their faith. You see, there needed to be a waiting there needed to be an invading so that there could be an empowering. There needed to be this waiting. Jesus said, Terry, wait. Do not depart. There's something you really need. There's something the church can't function without, at least in my mind, in my eyes. This is what I envisioned for my church. Why would Jesus send them to an old upper room if he didn't think they needed it? If he didn't think it would make a world of difference? All the difference? If he thought that they could just exist as the New Testament church without this power from on high? I believe the Spirit would say to the church today, much of the problem today can be linked to a forsaken upper room. Empty, cold, lifeless, stagnant, dark, shut up and locked up. No waiting, just in and out, quick fix, feel good, easy, convenient, not too intense, void of the elements that ushered in the elements. The words of Leonard Ravenhill, God pity us that we have swung from the upper room with its fire to the church with the supper room and its smoke. You see, the upper room was a place that was full. It was a place that was hot. It was a place that was alive and active and bright. The upper room was a place vibrating with prayers that ushered in a father's promise. The upper room was a place vibrating with faith that ushered in the father's promise. A place vibrating with obedience, vibrating with expectancy that ushered in the father's promise. Ushered in the very power 
that Jesus said his church needed. Now, I don't know what your persuasion is today. Perhaps you've cut Acts 1 and 2 out of your Bible. But this is the birthplace of the New Testament church. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. Further words of Leonard Ravenhill, I love this. When you're born in fire, smoke will never do. Born in fire and born of fire, empowered by the Holy Ghost. Why did we need the fulfillment of the promise of the Father? Why wait? Why listen to Jesus? Why halt our schedules? Why park ourselves in an upper room? Why pray? Acts 1, verses 4 and 5, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Why wait? Why listen to Jesus? Why halt our schedules? Why cry out for the promise of the Father to be his witnesses? Jesus knew that his witnesses needed power, that his people needed power, that his churches needed power, that married couples needed power, that the homes of believers, their children, from young to old and old to young, needing power. To be his witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. To be his witnesses in Edmonton, and in all Alberta, and in Canada, and to the ends of the earth. To live as his witnesses, to represent him right, to speak as his witnesses. You see, tongues is part of the promise a sign of the promise, and perhaps you're here today, and since we've read Acts 1 and Acts 2, these portions, all you can think about is tongues, a message on tongues. Tongues is part of the promise. It's a sign of the promise, a supernatural way of connecting and communicating with heaven, and I'd like to say today how important and precious it is. But let us understand this that it's about more than speaking in tongues. It's about receiving power. The design wasn't just that they'd receive this supernatural language and step out as the New Testament church. It's part of it. But that they would receive supernatural power from on high. Verses 4 to 8 in the Passion Translation, Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem. But wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. 
For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every time they were gathered together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is it the time now for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Listen to his response. He answered, the Father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. But I promise you this. I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be filled with power. And you will be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. You see, Jesus had to keep focusing his people. Every time, they're asking him, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? Is now the time? He just keeps refocusing his people. Verse 6, every time they were gathered together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is it the time now for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And here he is, people asking Jesus, when will this happen? When will that happen? When will you do this? And when will you do that? And he brings it all in and says this, the Father is the one who sets the fixed dates. Some need to hear this today. The Father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. But Jesus says this to us today as the church. I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. What's the need today? What does the church need? Power? The church needs the empowering of the Holy Ghost. Listen, we live in a world, especially on this side of the planet, that likes to ignore Acts 1 and Acts 2. Likes to tweak it, mess with it. Find an easier way to get power. Likes to ignore this commandment of Jesus to wait to tarry. Perhaps we think we can do it on our own without power. Without the unction of the Holy Ghost. He said, I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will be filled with power. And you shall be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant provinces even to the remotest places on earth. Power. Definition of that word today is strength, ability. Inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or a thing exerts and puts forth. Power. Power for performing miracles. Moral power and excellence of soul. The power and influence which belong to riches and wealth, the kingdom of God. Power and resources arising from numbers. Power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, hosts. You shall receive power. Witness. 
to be a witness for one, to serve him by testimony. Receiving power to be his witnesses, we shall be his witnesses. One who testifies for one. Yes, it even speaks of a martyr. One who gives their life for another, for a cause greater than self in life or in death. Can I remind the church today of Galatians 2.20? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Those are quite the words. Those are quite the words. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Or how about one of my favorite scriptures of all time? Are you ready for it this morning? Acts 20, verse 24 in the NLT. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. I wonder how many can quote that today. That's the heartbeat of the New Testament church. Our lives are worth nothing to us unless we use them for fulfilling and completing the work. Telling others, witnessing, testifying on behalf of one. Moving in the power of the Holy Ghost that that people would come to Jesus and turn to Jesus and be drawn to Jesus. That there would be a witness in the earth. John chapter 16, beginning at verse 7. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. Conviction is a beautiful thing. (laughs) Convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you that question, why do we need the Holy Ghost? We've read in the text today, I'm going to give you a few reasons, all right, why the church needs the Holy Ghost, why we need the Holy Ghost. Why do we need the Holy Ghost? To convict the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment, keep us in line, and draw the sinner to repentance. 
We need the Holy Ghost living inside of us. Leonard Ravenhill said these words. I've quoted this before. The greatest miracle that God can do today is to take an unholy man out of an unholy world and make him holy. Then put him back into that unholy world and keep him holy in it. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. We need this empowering from on high. Why do we need the Holy Ghost? To be guided into all truth. To hear the utterance of heaven. To receive prophetic insight. To speak in line with heaven. D.L. Moody said these words, The work of the Spirit is to impart life, to implant hope, to give liberty, to testify of Christ, to guide us into all truth, to teach us all things, to comfort the believer, and to convict the world of sin. We need the Holy Ghost. Why do we need the Holy Ghost? From the beginning of the message, this is why. To receive strength and power from another world. Power to impact this world. Corey Ten Boom said these words, trying to do the Lord's work in our own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. We need people, people of God in all realms of life, full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Heading to places of occupation and education, full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Parents teaching their children, full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Charles Spurgeon, without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without wind. We are useless. Why do we need the Holy Ghost? To do the greater works. To do the greater works. John 14, verse 12, Verily, verily I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father, verses 16 and 17, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. We need the power of the Holy Ghost to live as Christ's witnesses in this world. Jesus never had it in mind that we would be without this power. And so what did he say to his church? He didn't say, hey guys, I suggest you wait. Just a thought. Can I get you to buy into this? You might need some power from on high. It wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't like, you know, this is an add-on option. <laughs> If 
you belong to this denomination, then, you know, go wait. But if you don't, I'm sure there's another way you can get power. No, Jesus, he didn't make a suggestion. He commanded. We can't take that word out. It says that he commanded that they not depart, but that they wait. Because he knew that they so desperately needed the promise of the Father. It's still his heart for his church. In this place and outside this place, we need the Holy Ghost. A.W. Tozer said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would have stopped and everybody would have known the difference. I wonder if it's true. I thank God for this place, for a people that wait, for a people that tarry, for a people that believe in the power of the Holy Ghost, for a people that believe in this power that Jesus promised, the promise of the Father, and that know that they can't function, can't live without it, that the church was never meant to live without the power of the Holy Ghost. Reinhard Bonnke said, the less Holy Spirit we have, the more cake and coffee we need to keep the church going. There's a lot of truth there. A lot of truth there. Let it never be true of this place or of our lives. I'm so thankful I thank the Lord for a remnant. I thank the Lord for a people that still believe in the power of the Holy Ghost, that though it might sound like some old-school, archaic message, we're still preaching it, that the youth are still being taught about the power of the Holy Ghost, that we're still having these Holy Spirit nights when we have camp or these times in the altar, even in the kids' ministry. Believing that it makes a difference. Teaching them when they're young, they need the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes, to speak in tongues, this supernatural language, this prayer language, this communication and connection with heaven, but that they need to be empowered as they go to their schools. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful for the children's workers, the teachers that are teaching the kids at a young age, they need the power of the Holy Ghost. Not waiting till they're 18, 19 and trying to convince them. Well, you've lived without the power of the Holy Ghost this long. Why do you need it now, right? Just a form of religion. Going through the motions, acting out the part. Form of godliness, denying the power. You can have the worship team return. Smith Wigglesworth said these words, we must be careful not to choose, but to let God's Holy Spirit manage our lives. Can we receive this today?
quote wasn't finished, but thank you. We must be careful not to choose, but to let God's Holy Spirit manage our lives. Listen to this. Not to smooth down and explain away, but to stir up the gift and allow God's Spirit to disturb us and disturb us and disturb us until we yield and yield and yield, and the possibility in God's mind for us becomes an established fact in our lives with the rivers in evidence meeting the need of a dying world. Seems like I just come to church and I'm just getting disturbed and disturbed and just dis- good. It's the Holy Ghost working on our lives, taking us from glory to glory, from strength to strength, until we yield and yield and yield, and the possibility in God's mind for us becomes that established fact. I believe it's time that we boast in the power of the Holy Ghost. We shouldn't be ashamed. Why do you live different? Why do you speak different? Why do you act different? Why do you parent different? Why do you react different? Why Why does it feel different when you talk? The power of the Holy Ghost. Tell your neighbors that. You want to open up dialogue and conversation? We need the power of the Holy Ghost. Leonard Ravenhill said this, the world boasts its atomic power. Some cults boast their satanic power. But where are those who boast Holy Ghost power? There is but one way to save this generation. It is the way of the Christ and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. The way of Christ, the true way of Christ. Narrow is the way, narrow is the gate. Following the lead of Jesus, following his commandments, looking to him, the author and the finisher of faith. The hope for this generation, the hope for our world is Jesus. His way. He said, I am the way, the truth the life. I am the way. Let me be your way. Let me be the way. I am truth. I am life. The hope for this generation is an outpouring of the power of the Holy Ghost. Again, I'm so thankful for a church that believes in this, for a church that waits for this, holds to this, generations that believe in this, young and old, old and young. Because now more than ever, we need the outpouring and the empowering of the Holy Ghost. Acts 4, verses 31 to 33. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. Wow. But they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Let's be a praying people. A people after the promise of the Father. A people that believe in this. That tweak our schedules. A people that yield and yield and yield. Let's be a people that bear true witness, bold because the Holy Ghost is working in us and working through us, full of the Holy Ghost, full of power, affected by the elements of heaven, a people of one heart, one soul, a people that are united in the purpose of Christ, a people that gather here on Sundays, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, the Word says, people that gather here, cry out, Let the power be activated in their life. Let's be a people of one mind, one heart, that leave this place, that leave these grounds. And do what? Witness. In Edmonton, in all of Alberta, in Canada, to the uttermost parts of the earth. The call hasn't changed. Let's be a people that are fully surrendered. All is Christ. Let's be a people with the great grace of God upon our lives, upon our endeavors, upon our homes, upon our families. Let's stand today. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Ghost. Just for a few moments here in closing, let's turn this place into an upper room. Let's begin to cry out for those that have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Even now in this moment, the Holy Spirit is ready to move. God is ready. Would you tarry? Would you wait for the promise? Would you cry out? Lord, we wait on you, Lord. We wait on you, Lord.